Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Big Earth versus the People podcast. But this one is special because every Tuesday evening I record with the Straight from the Hip podcast. So popping off on this week, we have another exciting show where I do some craziness and everybody laughs. Y'all know how I do. So pop up to see the video on Facebook, Straight from the Hip, on YouTube, Straight for the Hip, and enjoy that version as well as this audio version. So I appreciate you guys. We're going to have a quick ad, and then we're going to start the show. Thanks for listening. I mean, she, I had an older brother, and she's like, you better get your ass out there as a damn freshman and, and, and start making your name <laughs> and damn getting your ass kicked and beat up enough. Where everybody knows who you are. So that by the time you roll around to your junior and senior year, your ass is worth the shit to be able to get on the team. Hey, look, I, I was behind two all Metropolitans at my position. It was tough. Oh, you talking about what I had at Coolidge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the basketball team was always stacked. So, like, I was, I was behind. Omar Weaver and Derek yep. Payne. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool I, basketball always had the talent, it, man. We had a guy that took two steps across half court and could knock down a jump ball. What's up, Tom? Tom already in the building, Jay. And, and another guy who was recruited by everybody in the country as a sophomore. So I took my butt right to JV and, and, and took every MVP available in JV. That's <laughs> what you got to do? Like, it was great. Like, you had Jason. The first thing they said was, hey, when I come to the game, I just need y'all to dunk. I'm just like, I'm not dunking. I'm, I'm getting 30, and we taking the win home. Right. <laughs> Who cares? I ain't going to lie. We used to be mad if, if, if Irv or somebody ain't dunk. We was all booing. We had booed them jokers. Like, they be winning by 30. We was all booing. Row. <laughs> in the front row booing because I didn't dunk on a fast break. Man, you can't get out of here with that. <laughs> Motherfucker be bad as hell. We be bad as hell. We paid our five bucks. Motherfucker ain't trying to duck. Boom. Right. <laughs> Boom. Get your ass out of here. Boom. I think my freshman and sophomore year, we beat everybody by like 30. <laughs> yeah, but CJ, y'all from the city. It's different when city people boo than when country people boo. <laughs> you know, country people boo, they be like, Boo! Get your ass out of here! <laughs> you right? You right? Yeah. Yeah. In the, oh, in the city, God. we just like, boo, you suck. You suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see you after the game. You suck. Like, but, but I scored. <laughs> but I scored. It don't matter. You trash. <laughs> right? <laughs> you couldn't even dunk. <laughs> All right, man. I'm gonna let y'all roll. I'm gonna drop off. Coach, start whenever you're ready. Yes, sir. All right. It is eight o'clock. It's time to get the party started. Welcome to Straight from the Hip. I am your host, Coach Gerald Boone Mitchell. Come to you live once again. Miss Carrie, I know you hate this. I hate that you see me in this imperial palace upon Black Mania. How you doing, Miss Carrie? I'm good, and I don't hate your imperial palace on Black Island. Black Island, there you go. See there? <laughs> you see the shade? Y'all see the shade? I mean, she's trying to talk about Black Mania like his fantasy island. I know what you did. That's shade. Oh, right Black there. Mania. Black That's Mania. right, Black Mania. I know, I know, Jay. 
You ain't got to put Jay. up there, Jay, talking about some black island. Jay, that, that's, that's sad right there. Miss, you don't know why I love you like I do. I want to take that back. I do know why I love you like you do, because you live in Atlanta. Bless your heart. I mean, the worst sports city in America, and you live there. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that love. Travis, what's going on, Travis? Not much. Doing good. Doing good. How is uh, Geraldine doing? Is she doing all right? Ashley's doing well. Uh, we got another checkup tomorrow. We uh, we had a checkup yesterday. She gained. She went from five pounds twelve ounces to six pounds three ounces in like four days. So nice. That's good. So now just do me a favor. Y'all don't be trying to make another one anytime soon because y'all I mean y'all. What you know? Just 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 <laughs> you give it a break. Just give it a break. And uh, you know, I want to be hearing about you trying to make another little Geraldine in there, cause you know you name all them Geraldine. I know that's what you want to do. Er, Chocolate City, Er, what's going on? Not much, not much. Everything's good up here. Uh, the Washington Football Team named their team yet? Oh, please no. They, they ain't didn't put out. They ain't put out a bulletin about how they were gonna give a top ten name or something like that, and. Guess what the name's gonna be? That's gonna be what y'all gonna have a little contest Listen, to guess what the name is gonna be. Always, and nobody's gonna like it. Hey, look, look, Richard, Richard Hood put it right there. Worst sports city is the AT. I'm with you, Richard Hood. Oh, I'm with you on that. I mean, oh. thank God we got the Atlanta United. I know Travis is happy <laughs> to hear me mention that because we got at least somebody won a championship around here. Because them other teams have just got doggone placeholders. They just need teams in conferences, and, and they allow Atlanta, because they're a big enough city, to have a team in all them other sports. And the hey, let's, go this, let's go ahead and get this started. Yeah, we're going to start off talking about, and don't <laughs> ask me why, we're going to start off talking about preseason football. Uh, I'm not a big preseason football person. I mean, I, you know, there's some fools out there betting on preseason football. Do y'all realize? Let, let me start off the show like this. I need to, I need to come to some people with, with some, with some reality. It is very difficult to get a pro football player who is under contract to play every game and to play every game that he plays in as hard as he can physically play. Everybody understand that. So yeah. now there are 17 games during the season. It's hard to get them jokers to play in those games as hard as they can play. What the hell do you think they're going to do with these jokers when they're playing in a damn game that don't even count? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Do you think them jokers going as hard as they go? They're like, man, I hate these damn preseason games. I mean, I'm just going to go out here. Just trying to get my legs back under me, you know. Just trying to get the blood flowing a little bit, and then after that, I'm done. I mean, it's some of the sloppiest, raggediest football. And I know you say, "Well, Coach Boo, how would you know?" You just say you don't watch it. I don't watch it, but when I see a score, 15 to 12, I'm pretty sure it was some sorry, raggedy ass, sloppy <laughs> football. Or you be seeing scores that that. Don't even make sense to like 17 to 13 or 17 to, to 22. You like, let me do the arithmetic in my head. How in the hell does somebody get 22 points? I mean, 
that, that's like you had to have six safeties or something. I mean, it don't even make sense in your head how they got them 22. How does somebody get 22 points? I mean, baffling. Because or 19. When you hear a score like 19, you're like, damn, that's like seven or 14 is two. How they get five points? I mean, it's crazy because the, the football is so bad. So that being said, let's talk about what's going on right now with the New England Patriots. I don't know if y'all heard, but you know, Cam got COVID. Miss Carrie, is he okay? Did you go by and see him today? No, I don't think he has COVID. I he think he no, they, the report I read said Cam might have COVID no, and that Daniel no. Jones might get a jump on him because of the COVID. No. Hey, hey Coach, you, you like, you you like Danny Dimes is Mac? Oh, I don't know why I keep calling him Daniel Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones, you know what I'm talking about. Mac yeah. Jones might get that jump on him because he had the COVID. Miss Carrie, talk to him. Tell me about it. Yeah, I think he's out because of some miscommunication around the COVID testing. Um, I, I heard analysts say today that, you know, you can glean that he's not vaccinated um, and that he was supposed to get tested. They're treating them differently than they're te um, treating the vaccinated players. And apparently there was a mix up that's going to keep him home and give Mac an opportunity to start. Ooh, might be a little dirty dealing going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like they they can't wait to put this dude in, and we'll see. Wow, we'll see. wow, Travis, talk to him and tell me about what's going on, Travis. Yeah, so from, from what I had heard, it was, and, and like Miss Carrie said, you can kind of gleam and presume that. Cam does not have the vaccine. Um, he came in contact with someone that tested positive with COVID-19. And because of that, he now has to follow the NFL COVID protocol, which keeps him out for at least five days. Um, and he cannot test positive, of course, but he has to sit out for five consecutive days before he's allowed to be back in the building. The same thing has actually happened with a Cole Beasley of the Buffalo Bills as well. Same thing. His tr personal trainer, I guess, tested positive for COVID. And now he's tested negative, but he has to sit out for five days. Uh, well, you, you're talking, yeah, about, his ex, you know, you're talking about his ex-personal trainer. Because <laughs> he won't be a damn personal trainer no more after this. I promise you that. <laughs> Could be. But that's, that's, that's right. what I think is going on with, with Cam. We can presume he doesn't have the, the vaccine. He doesn't have COVID. But to make sure that, you know, be safe and sorry, they, they said you can't be here for five days. Wow. Irv, talk to him. What you think about it? Yeah, it's crazy because at first I heard something completely different, too. I heard he was actually getting COVID tested, but it wasn't NFL sanctioned. So mm. that's what I initially heard until I heard what, what Travis and Kerry said. But um, it was it was interesting because it's like because it's not on NFL's time, it doesn't count. Like you're still coming up negative, though. But I, I don't know. I, like Kerry said, I, I think it's I think they're just trying to find a way to get Mac in there as soon as possible. I, I, I'm looking at it kind of two ways, because, I mean, if, if I'm Bill Belichick, I've seen enough of Mac Jones to know that he's got some potential. But I don't think he's somebody I'm trying to rush and, and get in there anytime soon either. Right. So I, I think I kind of need Cam for at least, you know, what Cam is normally good for, about four or five games, 
you know, for Daniel Jones to kind of get Daniel Jones, Mac Jones to kind of get comfortable and get his feet up under him. And then, you know, maybe take over after that. But to try to get him out there as a day one starter, I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. Sound like we're getting some feedback from somewhere, somebody. So somebody let me know if it's me or not. I'm hearing all kinds of feedback. I'm about to say, I'm hearing it too. I don't know where it's coming. It's I'm not. not. I think Travis was was uh, cracking his toes or something underneath that desk. Something like that going on. Nope. Anyway, so so who will be the starter? Who are we going to predict to be the starter on day one for the uh, for the Packers? Oh, Cam. Cam, Miss Carrie? On, on regular season day one? Regular season. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Cam. Travis, I will go Cam Newton as well. Ooh, okay. Well, just because y'all three said that, I'm going with Mac Jones. And dude, I like Mac Jones. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Mac Jones because you know Cam Newton from Atlanta, he'll find a way to mess it up. He's gonna find a way to do something stupid. And uh, he'll 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 go get him some chicken wing from Magic City or something next time he's in town, and he'll catch that bug or something happen. Yeah, that's just that's how they do in the city. So we gonna we gonna go ahead and move right along right now. <laughs> All right, next up, let me see what else we talking about here. Next up, we got uh, oh yeah, what in the shiggity is going on in Chicago? I heard today that they had already announced that Andy Dalton was going to be the starting quarterback in Chicago. Travis got that big old smile on his face. Travis, Travis knows something nobody else knows. Go ahead, Travis. <laughs> tell us why Andy Dalton going to start in Chicago. Uh, I think – I don't know why they they got Andy Dalton as the starter, as a former Bengal. You know, I, I've, I've uh, watched him plenty of times. I know he's just kind of an average quarterback. I would run with uh, Justin Fields. Um, but I think they are they want to give Andy Dalton a shot so that when they take him out after three or four games and they don't win anything, they put Justin Fields in and then they can basically say, Hey, we gave you a chance and you know, don't don't come at don't come at us and then they're gonna give the reins to Justin Fields and I think it'll get the fans who I think most of them are already on the Justin Fields side anyway. Once Chicago starts losing, because Andy Dalton's just an average or slightly below average quarterback, they're all going to be on the Justin Fields bandwagon, and I think it'll, you know, that, that's I think what they're looking for, and uh, it'll be a spark to the team. Er, what do you think? And with the number three pick in the NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select. <laughs> This has got to be the dumbest thing ever. Andy Dalton is dumb. We already seen what he can do. It didn't look good last year in Dallas. Just it's bad because they got Andy Dalton and Nick Foles on the roster. Like, just just get just get rid of both of them. Just go into the future. I mean, I, I'm with you there, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Miss Karen. Um, I think maybe the first two games go to Andy Dalton, and then they'll bring in Fields. Um, the first game, I think, is against the Bills, and the second game is against maybe the Titans or the Rams. Um, maybe they don't put their their um, franchise quarterback in just yet. Um, let 
um, the backup get a little bit banged up, and then they'll bring them in right around Cincinnati Bengals. Sorry, Travis. Sorry, Travis. I mean, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm all about having a Cam Newton or somebody, you know, a veteran quarterback kind of lead the way and, and not putting your brand-new franchise quarterback out there before the Wolves that early. But, I mean, you got to have a quarterback who's worth putting out there to make sure that you're not going to be 0-5 when you put your new franchise quarterback out there. And now you're asking a whole lot of him when you already got him at 0-5, which you'll probably be at 0-5 if you're going to put Andy Dalton or somebody like that, whatever, Nick Foles out there. I think you're going to be – you're going to be behind the eight ball. You might not be doing five, but you, you'll you be one and four, maybe two and three. And that's still a bad position to put your new quarterback in. So I don't understand that at all. If, if, if it's different and you have somebody, like I said, maybe a Cam Newton or somebody like that who, you know, can, can probably get you at least three and two out of those first five games, I understand that. I understand putting him out there. But why are you going to put somebody out there who's probably going to put you into having a losing record by the time the other guy takes over? And I don't think you can afford to do that in the NFL. In the NFL, game five, by then, normally they're already talking about who's going to make it and who's not going to make the playoffs. And normally what they predict is pretty damn close to being right because that is a critical point in the season when you're about a third way through the season when you can look down the road and predict, okay, we got these conference games left. You know, we got these other games left against the better competition in the league. And you can already start kind of knocking them jokers down. Look at this man here. Look how he's escaping that kind. I mean, that, that dude is a player. That dude is a straight baller. And I think out of everybody so far this preseason, he's done the best. And I would think that he would have gotten a nod already to be the guy. So that's my opinion. But uh, anyway, Ms. Chair, go ahead, Ms. Chair. Come on. So in a situation like the Patriots and like Chicago, if if Newton and Dalton start and they take them to a 3-2 season by game five, isn't it more difficult to pull um, that quarterback since they now have a winning record? If you really want to test the waters with the second with that second string quarterback, well, it depends. On, it depends on who you are. It depends on who you are because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be hard for me to pull. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't think it would be hard for Bill Belichick to pull. I mean, I think when you're a softer coach and and you know you kind of let the uh, the public's opinion sway you or this or that or other, or you listen to these dumbass broadcasters trying to sway you and whatnot. It might be hard for them. Would it be hard for me? No, because I'm going in with a plan. Matter of fact, I'm not the only one who's going to know the plan. I'm going to let them know it. I'm going to say, listen, you're going to take us about game five. And at game five, come hell or high water, we 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 going with the next guy. And, I mean, you know, so you can go ahead and start trying to find somewhere for you to go and get traded or whatever. It don't matter. But the bottom line is, is that at five, we moving on. And, and, I mean, it's that simple. I mean, because, see, I, I just think you need to be fair. And now nobody's going to do that because if I tell you that in the beginning of the season, you know, you're going to act like an ass 
all the way up to game five because you know you're about to be yanked anyway. And so, you know, in your mind, it doesn't matter how good you do. My thing is it does matter how well you do because at the end of the day, your ass going to try to go somewhere when you leave here. So you better be trying to help build your resume, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, whoever, to show that your ass can still play so that you can find somewhere to go when you leave here. I mean, you know, that that's what needs to be happening, in my opinion. Irv, what do you think? 100%. <clears throat> but, but you know, when it comes to the NFL and you above that eight-year gap, you're playing for your next contract anyway, whether it's going to be one year, two years, maybe. I mean, Cam Newton knows if he's not stuck with the Panthers, which he's no longer, which he no longer is, he can go anywhere at a drop of a hat. So guys like him, Dalton, Foles, uh, last year, uh, Fitz, Fitzpatrick, you know, they just playing for their next one-year deal right now. Amen. Let me let me ask this question for you guys. Because Jason just asked it from the back. He said, "What do you say to the fact that the top three quarterbacks in the league, for the most part, sat their first year? Brady, Rodgers, and Mahomes. We'll start with Travis." Um, I I think all three of those were in a completely different situation than what Justin Fields, especially is at. Um, I'll start with what Mahomes first. Mahomes went to uh, was a backup quarterback, Alex Smith, um, a former number one overall draft pick. They were not absolutely terrible like the Bears were. Alex Smith was a productive player. Um, they did win two games that first year. Um, so I, you know, it's very similar, of course, with Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre. They were still winning at that time. And even Tom Brady, um, you know, Drew Bledsoe was, you know, still winning a, a little bit. The only difference with Brady is he was such a, what, a six-round draft pick. I don't really knew exactly what uh, his, you know, what he could and couldn't do. Um, and he's not out there, six-round draft pick. So I do think there's a little bit, there's a, there's a difference between and, uh, you know, with Justin Fields uh, and Mac Jones being number one overall draft picks. But especially for the other two, they, they had an established uh, veteran quarterback at the time. And, yeah, they weren't, uh, you know, winning every game, but they weren't losing every game either. So so you do learn. That's probably what the teams were looking for. To, it was to learn, get those te- those quarterbacks to learn under them. Jason said the Bears made the playoffs last year. So what the hell are you talking about? That's what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, hey, I'm just, don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just passing on what he said. Uh, Tom asked the question, what is a conference game and how is it different from any other game? Tom, all of the teams are put into a conference. For instance, Travis, his team's in the worst conference in football. I take that back. Miss Carey's team is in the worst conference in football. The Atlanta Falcons are in the NFC South, which is St. Louis, Atlanta, um, Tampa Bay, and who's the last one, Travis? Uh, you said St. Louis? St. Louis, St. Louis. I didn't say St. Louis. I'm sorry. I didn't mean St. Louis. Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa, and the New Orleans Saints, and they're in the division. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, whatever you want to call them. But that, that's what they are. They're, they're in the NFC. NFC South, and if you if you win in your division, 
regardless of how bad your division is, normally the winner in the in, in this in this division it wins like uh you you can be seven and nine and win the division, but that will allow you to go to the playoffs just because you won your division. So they look at that first before moving on to anything else. So that's why it's important for you to win your division. So that's kind of why it's, it's, it's important for you to understand the whole division process. And then they have the NFC versus the AFC. The NFC is the National Conference. The AFC is the American Conference. And so then they get a champion in those two. And then those two come together to win the Super Bowl. So it goes from divisions to conferences to the overall champ. So that's kind of where it works, Tom. And Tom said, sorry, he's just trying to learn, and we appreciate that you're trying to learn. So that's why I know that was kind of quick the way I did it, but that's the way it is. There's 32 teams, and there's eight divisions, and it goes every team has four divisions in so that's how that goes. So thank you, Tom, for your question. All right, anyway, moving right along. Let's keep going. Carrie, Jason's asked about your mic. Is it your mic? I'm trying Thanks. to. Getting some said it might be your mic. But anyway, uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday with New Orleans Saints. Because I'm not, I shouldn't say yesterday, Sunday with the New Orleans Saints. Guys. Jameis had a great day by, by some folks' accounts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm just going to leave that. And I'm going to start with Miss Carrie because Miss Carrie looks like she got a lot on her mind. Miss Carrie, were you happy to see Jameis have a good day the other day? I mean, he's playing for the Saints, so no. But okay. he he himself, I mean, he's we've seen this before. He shows up but you can, he's not consistent, and you can't count on him. So, I mean, he looked good yesterday. That's it. That's that's the commentary. That's the commentary. Travis. Was I happy that he did good lot yesterday? I know. Just ask what you tell me what you thought about his performance. Uh, right, nobody the, gives a damn if you happy or not. I want to know if you <laughs> just. I want. I want to know what you thought about his performance. From the stat line that I saw, because I didn't watch it, um, he, he seemed like he had a pretty good game. But, again, it's preseason. It is Jameis. Um, he tends to have, you know, one really, really good game and then three or four kind of stinkers. There was, a, you know, he, no, former number one pick, so he's got talent. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be a consistent thing for him throughout the whole season. I think it's just kind of a one-game thing. Let's also remember it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who may be the worst team in the league. So, I don't put really much stock into it. What was the stat line, Travis? Do you know? Off the top of my head, I don't know what the stat line was. Okay. Mr. Irv, talk to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with everybody else. It, it was against Jags, who will be back at number one, if not the Jets. Um, the Jameis Winston is going to show you what he wants you to see. He's going to, he's going to be able to show you he got the long arm because he used to pitch. He's going to show you that he's been working hard, but when you need him, that's when them 30 interceptions are going to pop up. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you his stat line, 9 for 10, 123 yards, no interceptions. 
How many how many touchdowns he had? It was two, wasn't it? Two. Yeah. Matthew Matthew Coulette says, uh, Jay Winston balled. I was thrilled. And that the wide receivers helped him out, but a great game. Guys, here's my thing. And and let me say some of the things that Travis said there. Number one, you playing against the Jaguars. I mean, obviously they had the first pick overall, Trevor Lawrence, who probably didn't play too well. We'll talk about him in a minute. But, I mean, they're playing against a nobody team. It's preseason. So if you're playing right now, you probably ain't that good anyway. Because everybody who's worth something ain't playing right now. You ain't seeing no Aaron Rodgers. You ain't seeing no Tom Brady. You ain't seeing no Patrick Mahomes. Everybody who is somebody ain't playing anyway. I mean, even defensively, you know, you're not seeing any J.J. Watts and all them kind of guys out there. You know, I mean, you ain't seeing no Bond Miller. No, none of those kind of guys are playing now anyway. So talk about Jamin looking good and this and another. I mean, like Matt just said, the receivers helped him out. Matt, the receiver helped him out a whole lot. I mean, there were a couple times receivers were diving, making one-hand catches. And if you've ever been a receiver for Jameis Winston, you know you're going to get a lot of opportunities to show how good you are as a receiver. Because <laughs> there's always going to be some balls where you got to be diving and making one-hand catches and stuff like that. So I was not impressed at all with his performance yesterday. And, I mean, I hear people saying, oh, well, Jameis firmly cemented that. I mean, I'm just – I'm in awe of your ignorance when I hear people talking about that. I'm just in awe of, of the way you can be so easily fooled because everybody on this show has already said Miss Carey started off. Everybody knows who the real Jameis is. I mean, he going to be flashing, do some stuff like this. Just enough to get your palate ready for thinking that you might be good. Damn, it sounds like he's an Atlanta Falcon. But, I mean, he's going to get your palate just enough ready where you thinking you got something. And then all of a sudden, going to snatch that tablecloth off that table and just cause havoc. And that's what's going to happen with James right now. I'm telling you right now, if I'm them, I'm already – looking for who we going to trade him for or who we going to get in here after him or whatever because it ain't going to last long. And when he crashes, they're going to go ahead and get rid of him. They're not going to keep him as whoever's backup. And I'm not convinced, just like they're not, that Taysom Hill is the guy either. Mm -hmm. So they better be looking now for who's out there. It, it'll probably be that jackass uh, uh, that just left uh, Philadelphia. Who's out there playing for somebody else now hurt and beat up? What's the name? Earl. Is it my foes? No. Wentz. Oh, Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will probably be. It'll probably be Carson Wentz. Probably his next stop. Because there's somebody still be believing in him. But it'll probably be somebody like that who 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 will, like I said, he'll be the widest welcome wherever he is now and be ready to move on and go somewhere else. So I'm just telling you, that's my prediction. Is that Jameis will crash and burn, and when he does crash and burn, then they'll have to go get somebody else. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there right now. So anybody else on that before we wrap it up? No. I did see when he came to the sideline after one of the um, touchdowns, he went to talk with, it looks like, wait, I don't know who their offensive coordinator is, 
but he said something and the, the the coach just looked at him and he was like like he walked away i think he needs to keep his mouth shut and keep that ball in the air that's that's how he performs the best bless his heart miss carrie you just i oh mean you just ruthless i mean that's oh that's that atlanta woman talking right there now i've heard that kind of talk before they like that up there in chocolate city hey like yes, they do. I mean, just as blunt as she can be. Just keep your mouth shut and keep the <laughs> ball in the air. <laughs> Straightforward. That's it. Miss Cam, I'm trying to see if I can get you a job at least as an assistant GM. <laughs> I mean, you need to, I want to hear you just whisper that into the GM's ear and be like, ooh, that's good. I'm going to have to use that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good right there. Miss Carrie on the mic. Anyway, last but not least, and I hate to talk about this young man because I, I know him and coached him and everything else. Guys, is Trevor Lawrence going to make it? I mean, it seems like, you know, a lot has been going on with him. And I'm not so sure that he's even adapting to the NFL way of life. And I say that because, I mean, you know, he's, they've been kind of keeping him back and holding him back. I think he went through some kind of little injury phase and whatnot, kind of mysterious injury. And then, and then nobody's really come out and said, what the hell is going on with Trevor Lawrence? Hey, uh, I'm going to start with you. Let me start with her. her what, what do you think, her? Listen, I think he has David Carr syndrome. <laughs> His offensive line is tragic. Well, that's listen, true too, man. Listen, yeah. it was a it was a particular play that happened when a D lineman literally just put two hands on the guy's chest and he fell on his back like this. <laughs> I've never seen that ever in life in an NFL game, preseason or regular season, that a guy just literally just put two hands on his chest like this and he fell back like this. I mean, I don't, know if, you, I don't know if you've seen Marcus Spears has a new uh, segment yeah. on uh, on that Get Up show called "You Need More Security." <laughs> and it shows, yeah. it shows that it shows that <laughs> like they get beat. <laughs> My and listen, I've been watching football for over thirty years. I've never seen, and I've seen some big guys on the defensive line do some crazy things. Yeah, but nothing like that. Like that joke was just crumpled. It was. It I was mean, ugly. crumpled. Just it went down, ugly. and then just called the train wreck with other people on the offensive line. And, and yeah, I saw that. It, it's plays like that. I'm gonna pray for Trevor Lawrence in the first year, man. Hopefully, their, their first pick in the draft next year is going straight to office alignment. <laughs> but uh, this year, just go ahead and throw that away. I hear you, Miss Carrie. What do you think? Um, I really thought who I hated to watch the most was Urban Meyer. He looked Ooh. like he was holding the Ooh. largest turd in his ass the whole game. <laughs> I mean, he was just over holding his knee, shaking his head, coming back like sweating. I mean, I've been there before. You know, you you don't know how much longer you got. So he was <laughs> holding stuff, and I thought, well, for a, a rookie quarterback to be looking back on the sidelines and not get any assurance from the head coach, right, or his offensive coach, like they they looked more worried than he looked. And that—that's a concern for me, Miss Carrie. You, you hitting—you hitting the nail right on the head. I'm with you on that. I'm—I was actually, as I was uh, driving here from Gata, I just got off work to get here, and I'm thinking to myself, 
could Urban Meyer be on the hot seat already? Could he be like one of these yeah. one year, one and done coaches? Yeah. And I mean, I was coming to the summation in my mind, and yes, he can be. But anyway, let's get down here to Travis. Travis, what do you think going on with Travis Long? Yeah, um, Jay, the first thing I thought of is exactly what Jay put up there. This has Joe Burrow written all over it. Mm. Good young quarterback, mm. has talent, but is on a terrible team. He's going to make it halfway through the season, and he's going to get hit so many times he's going to get injured. And we're going to look at it and go, why didn't they get enough protection for him? And yep. that's exactly what I see. Like, this literally screams Joe Burrow from last year. Very good young quarterback, has talent, is going to be good in a few years, but just needs more talent around him, especially on the offensive line because he's running for his life, and it's just going to take one or two hits that I think, unfortunately, it's not going to surprise me that he does not finish the end of the season. And it's going to be due to injury. It's not going to be due to his bad play or anything like that. It's going to be – he's going to get injured. And we're going to go, well, why are we surprised? Because, you know, Jacksonville has a terrible offensive line and they didn't defend it. And that's exactly what happened with Cincinnati last year and Joe Burrow. And now with Travis Etienne out for the season, um, now they don't even – you know, yeah, James Robinson is a very good running back. But you know they were going to run him. You know, he was probably going to be their number one or number two player out of, you know, offensively, which is going to be Travis Etienne. Now he's gone. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with Travis on that. I think that uh, just think about now you're Trevor Lawrence. You're the number one overall pick. You went to a bad football team. You knew that was going to happen. But now just think about what's going on in your mind. First of all, I'm not sure that Travis, that uh, Trevor Lawrence believes in Urban Meyer. I know I don't, not from what I've seen so far. So, like I said, I'm not sure that he has that faith. And he, he has that assurance that Urban can manage his football team properly. Okay. Number two, Travis Etienne, who was your uh, college uh, teammate, is now out for the season. So whatever comfort you kind of have with him, like, hey, I know he's going to be here and we're going to get through this thing together. I think that's gone now. So then when you go to this, okay, I got a terrible line. You know, I've got mediocre everything else. Our defense isn't that good, all of these things. I think at the end it just kind of says this is not probably the season for me. So I'm not sure how you play with that many cards stacked against you. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's going to be for Trevor Lawrence or anybody for that matter. So. The best thing that can happen to Trevor Lawrence is that Minshew starts. Yeah, but that's not the best thing that can happen for the Jacksonville for, for the team, yeah. yeah. Because you if you're Urban Lawrence. Meyer, that's the last thing you want to happen because that dude is terrible. Yep. And, I mean, he's really bad. I mean, like, you'd have a better shot with me in there than having him in there. I'm going to tell you that right now. I mean, that dude is, is gone if you've ever watched him play. He's really bad. So, I, I don't think that's the deal. So anyway, moving right along, we're going to switch gears now. We're going to talk about the NCAA first, football. There's Geraldine. Hey, Geraldine. We're going to talk about uh, – there you go. Look at mama. Dropping Travis, off, baby. You saw Travis's face? 
Dropping all, I know Travis scared me. Baby, I'll be like, I'm doing my show. Travis scared me. Travis sitting up there like, hey, where are you going? Don't go too far. (laughs) (laughs) That's that look Travis had. All right. Anyway. Where are you going with that milk? I know that's right. I don't know what she's doing. Let's talk about the NCAA real quick. We got about two or three times we're going to talk about because I think that the first one is funny. I call them the left three, the three that's left. Former union. Did, you, did y'all see this where the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and uh, the ACC now have decided to form a union to basically throw shade at the SEC? Because they talk about they're doing it because of the upheaval that's going on now in college sports. You know, this that, like they're going to be some kind of saints who are going to try to figure out how to save college sports and all this other stuff, or that, you know, uh, uh, we're holier than thou because we are trying to do the right thing. We're not just thinking about money like the SEC is. We're thinking about the other aspects of college sports that must be salvaged in all this horse hockey. What do you think about that, Ms. Carey? I mean, I, I feel bad for him. I feel like Oklahoma and Texas leaving and going to the SEC, um, they became they became Thanos, and everybody else is just kind of they don't have no rings. What are, what are we gonna do? I mean, the, I, the Big Twelve is now the eight, right? They have eight teams left. I don't know what the, the Big Twelve has been. I mean, <laughs> I call them the Little Twelve. I mean, they 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 what was big about the Big Twelve? I mean, like you said, you had maybe two teams in there worth a, worth a poop. You know, Texas maybe not. I mean, not in Texas. I mean, when was the last time Texas was good? I wish Jerry Vadden was on here. He's a big Texas fan. When's the last time Texas has done anything? They ain't done nothing since Vince Young left from over there. So I don't know what anybody talking about some damn Texas. Everybody that's like Texas is let me look. Uh, uh, Miss Carey, you got a new fan. Matthew Colette said <laughs> Miss Carey is on point tonight. <laughs> she might be on point yeah. because her, her boyfriend is a point guard. Chris oh, Ball, Chris Ball is a boyfriend, Matt. So don't Come be flirting with Miss Carrie because you got to deal with Chris Ball <laughs> if you keep that up. So Irv, talk to him. What's going on with them three? Them three jokes coming together. Hey, bottom feeders got to eat too. <laughs> <laughs> Scavengers got to eat. But listen, man, uh, I, I just got a feeling. Like I said before, it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now, I do want to see how the plan is laid out, see what type of sense it's going to make. Because as of right now, them just saying it's going to be an alliance, a semi-alliance, it's not really telling me nothing. Like, how is it going to affect other sports? Because we know why they're doing this, because of football. I no doubt. There's no doubt about it. I mean, but if everybody really understood how much money football brings in, especially in the South. I mean, it's different if you're out there in California and whatnot. You know, when you're choosing between the beach and going to a football game, the beach going to win out most of the time. I can just tell you that. I mean, that, that, but, you know, when you in, in Mississippi State and it's either, you know, you're going to go to a football game or go possum hunting, I mean, football is going to win out. Most of the time, <laughs> hey, don't don't disrespect possum hunting. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, 
Mississippi. I know maybe going squirrel hunting or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, shoot some I whales. Mean, it's limited in what your what your what your opportunities are, and and so football is king in the south because in a lot of these places where they have football, they don't have anything else. There's nothing else to do. Even I hate to to throw shade on all the Alabama fans. Ain't a damn thing to do in Tuscaloosa other than go to the damn Alabama football game. I mean, I'm just I'm just keeping it real. And so that's why people love these teams and whatnot, because they are the only thing in town to do. And so football is king in the South for that reason. And that's why it's boo-boo out on the West Coast, because they got beaches and beautiful women and bikinis. And, and I mean, it's just, it's a whole lot going on out there. I mean, it's a beach on every corner down there. They got Manhattan Beach and and uh, and uh, Venice Beach, and I mean, everybody got a beach down there. there there's like seventeen thousand beaches out in California. So, dude, it's just too much going on out there. Travis, talk to me. Yeah, um, you know, I think we we mentioned it, you know, last week as well when kind of all this had gone down. Um, this is the start of having you know, two or three conferences period in, in college football. Um, I, I I understand why the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC are getting together. I honestly don't know if it's going to happen. I could easily see one of them try to back out for whatever reason. And I think it would be the Pac-12 because they're kind of like the, the other team. Um, I could easily see a year from now them being like, hey, we changed our minds. And maybe they try and start a super league with the, the the Mountain West conferences teams and the some of the Big Twelve teams that aren't um, you know your Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas. I can see that happening, and maybe we end up with three super conferences. Basically, what the SEC is now with Oklahoma and Texas, uh, ACC and the Big Ten, and then like all your West teams. And I could easily see like a three conference like mega superpower. Uh, thing going on, um, but I don't know if Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC stick around. You know, two years from now, I, I don't think that happens. Well, I, let me ask uh, your dad's question. Your dad says, "What's a semi-alliance? Is that a dating term?" And and I think that's exactly what it is, uh, Mr. Butler. A semi-alliance means we're gonna make this announcement that we're all on the same side, but we ain't signing the damn thing. Pretty much. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case one of us decides to beg the SEC to pull us in there with them, then we're going to jump ship just like everybody else did and get right on in there with them. So, you know, the bottom line is, is that nobody wants to really sign anything because right now nobody really knows what's going on. Because until the SEC firmly says that this is the way we're going to be, and this is the way we're going to line up, everybody's still hoping that they might get a chance to get a piece of that pie. But I don't care what they tell you. I mean, the Big the big 12 might be sending them some information right now and say, hey, have you ever thought about having a SEC West? <laughs> Y'all be the SEC East out there. Let us be the SEC West out here. Have y'all ever seen what it's like to like fly out here and visit California? And I mean, we got beautiful bowl games out here and 
I mean, it's lovely out here if you only want to come out here for about a week or so. I mean, no nobody want to live out here, but if you want to come out here for about a week, I mean, you would love it out here. So you never know what's going on behind the scenes. I guarantee you, Ohio State, you're going to tell me Ohio State and Penn State hadn't called the SBC and said, what about What's up? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring in the big boys, what about us? And I guarantee you some calls have been made in that manner. You don't and think so Florida, therefore, you, don't you know, think they're telling the yeah. dude, those kind of folks are telling the Big Ten, don't include us in any of your plans. I'm telling you right now, if, if you're talking about doing something with these other conferences, do it, do it in mind that we might not be here with you. Because right. we can go get some of that nugget down there. But the SEC, we going down there. I mean, Sally. And yeah, I mean, that's a smart they're, move. They're semi-committed to that semi-alliance. Thank and you. Nobody's ever happy with a semi-anything. So let's just leave it. Is that what you told Chris Paul when y'all got? Oh, Lord. Did you tell Chris he couldn't be As a semi-alliance? Don't take my joke. <laughs> you walk right into it. <laughs> walk right into it. Yeah. All right, let's move on, Herb. Uh, next up, hold on, let me go to my sheet here. Here we go. Next <laughs> up, um, if there is such a thing as a, what would a prediction be? Let me put it this way. Pretty soon they're going to have to come out with a top 10 teams or whatever for this new alliance. What is that going to look like? Tell me, give me a prediction on how they're going to do that. It's going to be a mess. But you always, you're going to take the top team out of every one. So you go, you go ahead, your Clemson, Ohio State, your USC. I know it's not USC right now, but I'm just throwing teams out. Sure. Everybody else is just a mixed bag. You're just going to throw them in the pot and be like, y'all figure it out yourself. Well, I've already said this a long time ago. After the first five out there, the rest of them don't matter. Miss Carey, how do you see it go? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how it goes. Like, we didn't name the top or the teams that always are at number one. So it's either going to be, I mean, like, like Irv just said, the first three, first five, are the same five that we expect to see year after year. And then after that, who cares? It's the rec league. I'm with you. What do you think? What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I don't think it really changes that much. Um, I think they'll still be a top 25. I think they'll still, you know, have basically the exact same, you know, polls and everything. I will say the one thing I do think it could change if we end up with, you know, three or four mega conferences, I think we will get more um, super games in terms of, you know, your Clemson's playing Alabama or your uh, USC playing Texas. So, you know, right, right it, 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 every year there's always those super games that everyone looks forward to at the beginning of the season. Um, I think we would get more of those with less conferences. Um, what what so elimination is Travis? matchups. How would, yeah. how would you feel if you had a top 25 and the first top 10 to 12 teams were all in the same conference, which was the SEC? Well, they overrated anyway, so. Yeah, I, I 
I don't think it would be to that extreme, but I think that, you know, a, a top 25 and your top 10 is probably out of the top 10. You probably have six in the SEC, especially if like the ACC and the SEC get together. Um, I think that's what it would be. And, but that, that's almost what it is now already, right? Like it, it's, it's really not that much of a difference other than just there would be less conferences and they would just be in the same conference and they would be playing each other. So I, I, I don't think there'd be that big of a difference. Um, Matt Coulet says, uh, I think North Carolina is the program that's the outlier. They're building a powerhouse. That's the roadmap. I agree with you about North Carolina. I think they are building a powerhouse. I'm not sold on Mac Brown as being the coach over there. I, I think that uh, I'd like to see them perhaps with uh, a, a, a different coach and a, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's a little bit younger and a little bit more into today's game and today's way of doing it. That's just me. I'm not sure that Mac Brown is the guy to lead him now. I agree with you. They've got some studs over there. And, uh, you know, I've been having several kids over there, Josh Downs being one of them, who will be a sophomore sensation this year. But uh, I think that, you know, they're, they're ready to bust out. He's been predicting to me for, for two years now they're going to be Clemson. And he said he swears it's going to happen this year. I don't believe it. But he says that it is. And I think they are doing something special in North Carolina. But – they're still in that ACC, and they hadn't gotten that golden ticket from Willie Walker just yet to come be part of that uh, SEC. So uh, until that happens, you know, they're going to have to eat that bad chocolate. I will say, uh, if they're going to beat Clemson, this is the year they got to do it with Sam Howell being, you know, what could be the best quarterback in the league. And Clemson's got DJ Ungale. Yeah, he's Good the few games he played, but he hasn't done a lot season. Um, I, I take Sam Howell over DJ this year. So if, they, if they're going to beat him, this is the year to do it. I will say that. And they are hyping him up heavy in Tar Heel country. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah I, they, I, they've I, been I, hyping him up. He's the number one overall pick next year. They've been I, hyping him up since he was in about the ninth grade. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a true believer. And I, I damn certainly believe in him being the number one overall pick, Trent. I'm, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I've seen. Yeah, he, he's saying that's what they said. Okay, I just don't want you drinking that, uh, drinking that Kool Aid from that baby bottle, cause I tell you right now that ain't that ain't gonna happen. I don't believe that. Come on, so I'm, don't drink that Kool Aid. I'm not. I'm not looking for no North Carolina. I'll, I'll stick with South Carolina. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Uh, what about coaches? Are there any are there any coaches, college coaches on the hot seat? I mean, the, the season getting ready to get started. Do y'all see any coaches on the hot seat? Let's start with Miss Carrie because she ready to slice and dice. Miss Carrie, who are you gonna find? You know, I I don't follow college that closely, but the one coach that I thought would be on the hot seat was um, Harbaugh at Michigan. Yeah, he's always on the hot seat. But they're not doing anything with him, so. He's 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 in, I guess, but that's who I would consider. They brought him in to win and to beat Ohio State primarily. He hasn't done it yet. Hey, me and Miss Carrie, good call. Travis, who's on high seat, Travis? Yeah, the first guy that came to my head was Harbaugh as well. Um, I, I think he's been on the hot seat for the last two or three years. Um, so I think he's definitely on it this year. 
Um, there was a lot of new coaches at the end of the last season. So, um, especially in, in, in the SEC, I'm trying to think um, of, of coaches that, that could be on the hot seat. And, and off the top of my head, I'm not I'm not predicting any. Um, but other, other than the Harbaugh, he's definitely number one A is Harbaugh. Irv, Big Irv, talk to me. Listen, that was always the first name that came to my mind was Harbaugh. Yep. Um, I was trying to like hurry up and think of a name just off the top of my head. What has Texas coach ever done? I'm with you on that. I'm 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 <laughs> I'm there. Well, you know they got a new coach there. Well, what's the name is out now? Yeah, Isn't that right, Travis. Texas. Yeah. Tom Herman's out. They brought yeah. in uh, okay. Yeah, they, they brought in uh, what's the name? Plus champions on the hot seat. She's not on the hot seat. He's defensive coordinator for Georgia. Yeah, Muschamp Muschamp has moved to Georgia now, and he's uh he he's not even the head coach. But keeping it keeping it real, I got Kirby Smart on the hot seat. Really, really, I do, dude. If University of Georgia don't win something soon, I mean, I mean, you know, listen. You always look; they are at the top, if not they're in the top three as far. There you go. Somebody brought it right there. Matt read my mind. I'm just telling you, Kirby has got to, like he said, he got to be Clemson or Alabama or do something spectacular this year. If he doesn't, I think he's. I, I say he's on the hot seat, and I I like Kirby. I'm, don't get me wrong; I'm a Kirby fan. I, if you've ever met Kirby Smart, nicest guy. Just a good old Georgia boy. I love Kirby Smart. But I'm just saying that, and I agree with y'all on Harbaugh. Just like Miss Carey said, they brought you in here to win a championship, beat Ohio State. You hadn't done nothing. You hadn't done none of the above. So, I mean, you know, to go nine and two at Michigan, everybody like, oh, I mean, anybody can come in and go nine and two. I mean, we want you to go 11 and 0. Or go ten and one, and one and ten better be Ohio State. I mean, that's what you go to Michigan for. And if you're not getting that done, nobody cares about being eight and three and going to the Dollar Tree Bowl, or or going to the QT Bowl, or, or going to the Q Tip Bowl, or what? I mean, nobody cares about that. Bojangles nobody Bojangles. cares about you going to the. Uh, to, to whatever bowl they have in Atlanta so your kids can go to Magic City and sneak down there. Well, nobody cares about that. I mean, the bottom line is, is that if you can't come in here and win the Big Ten Championship and take our ass out there to California in that damn Rose Bowl out there, then, then, then in it, or if you can't get us in them top four for to play in the, for the championship, man, get your ass out of here. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yes, yeah. I I, just, I was going through a list of coaches in my mind, and I um I think Ed Orgeron could be on the hot seat. I know you think so. Yes, I, I he was already on the hot seat before they won the title. They did not have a good season this year. This is LSU we're talking about, and those right. fans could really turn on him and basically go, "Hey, that was because of Joe Burrow, and what have you done? You know, you didn't even uh, you, you brought that guy in the senior transfer, right?" Um, if he does not have a spectacular season, um, or, uh, if he has a bad season, I can see him possibly, you know, get in the booth. 
Well, I'm going to give you one more that I think should be on the hot seat. Clay Helton out of USC. If yeah. Helton doesn't do something out there this year, I mean, he's been on the hot seat. They were going to fire him a couple years ago, and he yeah. pulled a bowl win out of his ass. It's something spectacular that, that saved his job. If he doesn't return USC to just at least win the doggone Pac-12, which is nothing, if, if he can't do that, his ass will have to go. I'm telling you that right now. I guarantee you that's going to happen out there. I don't have any any doubt about that. All right, moving right along. Uh, Irv, I'm going to switch over to the NBA real quick because uh, Jay gave us some great topics to talk about in the NBA. And I know only a man with your knowledge of basketball can help us answer these questions. We got three minutes left in the show. Real quick, Irv. Uh, which number did Kobe play better at? Number 24 or number 8? I'm going to ask Miss Carrie first. Miss Carrie, what do you think? Number 24 or number 8 for Kobe? 8. She says 8. What do you say, Travis? Uh, I don't know. 24. All right, now we're going to go to the expert. Irv, talk to me. Me personally, I'm gonna always choose 24, but wow. but only because we got the full Kobe experience at 24. When he was at eight, he was growing into that guy to get to that level. Now, toward the end of the eight is when he filled in all those numbers and, and stats that he missed out in the first two or three years as eight. But it was consistent all the way through at 24 until he tore his Achilles. Okay. So, so for me, the excitement was eight. The one that I always loved to watch was 24. There you go. I, I love the answer. He mastered the game in 24, Bradley Davis did. All right, what about LeBron? LeBron better at 23 or six, Miss Carey? Um... What's his, which one is second? Six? Yeah. Um, I would say 23. 23. Travis. What was he when he was his second run in Cleveland? 23. I'll go with that one then. Irv. Yeah, that's that's an easy one, 23. Yeah, I'm with Irv. I, yeah, I, I think so too. But go ahead, Irv, tell us why. Uh, that first year in six was by far this, his worst year ever in the NBA. Not statistic wise, but the fact that he just he just didn't want to run the team until Dwayne Wade gave it up to him. And with his caliber, he should not ever have to do that. And he never had to do that at 23. Bradley Dave says six for the same reason. And he was the best defensive player in the league. That's false. That's probably, yeah, that, that's uh that probably the last time he played good defense. But chase, anyway. down, chase down blocks does not make you a good defender, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, Michael Jordan, 23, 45, or 12? Or 12. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Karen. Come on, man. I mean, 23 for sure. Travis. Uh, what do you think, Ashley? 23? Okay, yeah, we're going to go 23. Herb, come on, Herb, what do you think? Listen, if a guy like Nick Anderson has to come up to you and say, you ain't 23 no more, <laughs> 45 ain't it 
So it's definitely 23. Yeah, guys. I mean, everybody knows Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan at 23. Nobody mm-hmm. paid attention to him wearing number 45. And uh, Jason said they made him wear number 12 one day because they Somebody couldn't find his jersey. jersey. So he stole it. <laughs> So he had to wear he had to wear number twelve, which I thought was hilarious. I will say this: everybody knows Jordan was the best, in my opinion, at twenty three. I think everybody identifies LeBron in twenty three as well as being the best. I I just remember Kobe being spectacular in both, and I think out of all of these guys, I think Kobe is being more consistent with whatever jersey he had on. I just remember Kobe being Kobe in whatever jersey he, he wore. And uh, that, that's what I appreciate the most about him. Jordan stunk, in my opinion, yeah. when he was wearing number 45. I mean, I never, I don't even remember him wearing 12. Jason and, gave me the story on that one when we spoke before the show. I said, I don't even remember Jordan wearing 12. He said he only wore it one time when his uniform was stolen. Yeah, so, like I said, I, I left. But Jay said he put up 49 in that jersey. Yeah, he did. So, uh, so anyway, he probably mad because somebody stole the jersey, put up forty nine. None of our children have the number forty five on them. Say what now, Miss Karen? I said none of my Jordans have the number forty five on them. Mine, your Jordan. I hear you. I hear you, Miss Karen. I got two. But in any event, uh, I, I like I said, I, I just remember that about COVID. Whatever he wore, he he was great. Um, I do want to mention because Mister Hood was adamant about telling us that. Uh, Davis Mills, who is a product of Gwinnett County, where where Mr. Hood and I both live, uh, has done very well as a quarterback for the uh, for the uh, Houston Texans, and we want to wish him well. My son BJ, come BJ. We wrapping up the show now. I'm gonna call you right back. I know you're probably at the airport, and I'll come get you. But uh, in any event, uh, folks, anybody got anything left to say before we wind it up here? Coach, yeah. I know it'll take you three hours to get to the airport from Gwinnett. You want me to go pick him up? It'll take me like 20 minutes. Yeah, I might have, I might, I might have to do that, Miss Chow. I might have to let you go and get him. So. <laughs> I know you live in Alabama. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, folks, we appreciate everybody for being here tonight. Bradley Davis, Matthew Collette, uh, Richard Hood. I saw um, – I know Miss Ham was on it, Miss Ham. I didn't get to say hello to you earlier. There she is right there, Miss Ham. Uh, just want to thank everybody, guys. I love when y'all are on here and y'all are shooting us stuff and asking questions and doing all that. There, there Miss Ham was, Mr. Hood, saying goodnight, uh, Bradley Davis. Uh, Bradley talking about his boy LeBron. Bradley loves him some bro. Hey, that's who you need to get with right there. Brad's son, Jay, he, he's your guy. He, he's LeBron. He, he can't stand Jordan. <laughs> hey, Jordan. Don't want to hear nothing about Jordan being the, the GOAT. It's LeBron all the way. So, uh, but anyway, Jason, again, we thank you for behind the scenes and uh, all of the comments that you spit out to us and questions that you asked. Appreciate that. Earl from Chocolate City, Miss Carrie from the A, Travis from Parts Unknown with his baby there. Travis, I'm serious. Y'all don't have another baby no time soon, Travis. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we appreciate everybody for being here. And uh, it's time to get out of here. So I'll say it. Good night, Miss Francis. <clears throat> Good night, everyone. Sonia Curry, give me a call. <laughs>